<laughs> Hello and welcome to this Q&A episode of the SG Fitness Podcast. Shona, how are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you? I am also great. Catherine, how are you? I'm good. I'm very happy to be here and I won't ask you guys how you are again. <laughs> We're all great, and Andy's not mm-hmm. here because he has 10 clients today. Wow. Not like Andy to um, exaggerate, though. Remember when he's always no. like, yeah, I've broken my nose 92 times. 92. Look at it. 92 times. I'm like, no, you haven't, Andy. It's not 92. <laughs> Maybe three. Yeah, he loves that. Loves, uh, loves to bend the truth slightly. <laughs> yeah. What is it they say? Well, about- we love him for it. It, what they say about like if you ask a guy how many girls he's had sex with it's like a third of that and if you ask a girl it's like three times that or something something like that okay he defend himself poor Andy I know <laughs> I know I'm, I'm why am I really mean today are I'm, you yeah I've not had much sleep oh why not it's very loud here it's just oh, telling Catherine, it? it's like, there's like no um, noise blocking, I don't know. Soundproofing. Soundproofing, that's it. No, that's <laughs> but like yesterday I woke up to someone like sneezing and I was like, oh my God, there's someone in my bed sneezing. But no, it was the man upstairs, I imagine. Yeah. Oh, that's horrendous. Yeah, that's a bit freaky. Mm. So we'll we, get used to I it. we're going to fly five hours away <laughs> and just move. <laughs> I hope it's quieter. And hope I can't hear the man sneeze from five hours away. The same Which man is. will probably like follow you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, right. I've got a question here from Emily. How do you stop looking backwards at where you were one year, five years, 10 years ago, and instead stop feeling guilty that you used to be better and focus towards the new? So, so much to unpack here. So much to unpack what what is it that makes you think you can't get back to that and also be better than that as well like what makes you think that that's you've peaked because that's not true I don't think that anyone's ever peaked I used to think 27 was like the peak of my life and that I was like the hottest happiest I've ever been not true look at me right I'll now <laughs> at least 20 percent hotter than when she was 27 no I agree actually Shona we had a chat about this ages ago I remember thinking like we talked about like people who think that they've peaked and I think like realistically on like a physical level like I've peaked partly due to back surgery and things like I'm not going to be able to row as fast as I used to be able to row or anything but also remember that you grow and I think appreciating everything else you have and a good frame for this like it works for comparing yourself to others, but it also works for comparing yourself to your previous self is if I want what I had 10 years ago, I have to give up everything I've achieved in the last 10 years, right? So like, you can't just pick and choose areas of your life. It's just like, I can't pick and choose areas of Shona's life. Like if I want that aspect, I have to take all of it. And that means giving up everything that I have. And I think as soon as you frame it like that, you stop comparing yourself to others and you stop comparing yourself to yourself. And remember that on in both of those examples as well, like if you're comparing yourself to like, even a friend, like you don't see everything. You don't see what's going on in their head. Like if you're comparing to social media, it's a completely highlight reel. If you're comparing to your previous self, 
you normally have rose-tinted glasses on. But you look back and you're like, I didn't have any stress then. But if you'd asked yourself then, like, how you felt about things or did you have problems at the time, you'd be like, yeah. And they probably felt massive at the time. And it's kind of like that saying, like, oh, if it won't matter in five years, don't worry about it. But at the time, it seems like the worst thing in the world. But five years later, you don't even remember what your stress was. Like, it could have been that your mate was dating your boyfriend or something. And that felt like the worst thing in the world. But then you look back and you're like, I didn't have any problems at all back then. And it's like, there there was always something. So I think just checking yourself on those things and being like, well, if I want to go back five years, that means losing everything that I've achieved in the last five years, all the friends I've made, all of the career progress I've made, all of the like, I don't know, mindset progress or everything and going back there. So you can't do that. And, And equally, like almost like check yourself as well. Like what? is this thought helpful? Is this thought true? Can I actually do anything about it? No, like let's not give it more airtime than it needs. I feel like you're probably comparing you like 10 years ago in the summer when you were carefree and loving life to literally just had a pandemic and it's January. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. And you're right, like it's probably, if you look at everything else, it's like, yeah, but you know, I didn't have much disposable income. I didn't have the house that I have now. Like I didn't have, like all the stuff that you think is like bringing you stress, but actually you've probably worked really hard to achieve. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. like you didn't have all of that. And yeah, you wouldn't want to go back there anyway. Mm-hmm. All right, okay. Um, I also think on that point, uh, something that we always come back to when we talk about like happiness and like where you focus your attention is um that I mean it can be the same situation like we could all be in the same physical situation but see things in a different light and have very different perceptions of it like depending on whether you choose to focus on the positives of that situation or the negatives of that situation and there's a lot of good research around this as well that the people who report being the happiest um it isn't because they have like the easiest lives necessarily or on paper they they have ticked all these boxes it's because they see the glass as half full not half empty or they're looking for the positives or they focus on the positives and that's not to say that they don't see any negatives or they never feel anything negative it's just that they put more of their focus on attention and attention on positives so again that's something to that you can change and to call yourself out on yeah it's like that gratitude practice isn't it yeah yeah okay uh next question right this is from a newbie who's signing up to the next quick six which by the way guys starts monday so have time to sign up and bit of a legend because she's getting in a question before she's even started i know very (laughs) impressed okay she says i've just signed up to commit six i'm ready to go your podcast and daily lives have really helped my mindset around food as I'd gotten into an awful habit of yo-yo dieting during Locky D. Um, I'm starting to feel more balanced and on your recommendation have started journaling after dinner as this is normally when I hit the effort button and mindlessly eat and go for my calories. I realized that the point of commit six is to help us through life events. And it just so happens that I have a lot of travel for work coming up over the course of the program. These involve overnight stays, long sedentary days, and little control over my diet. I may only manage a few thousand steps here and there. Meals are often with colleagues, and I feel a lot of pressure to fit in 
um, an early morning run to counter these factors. My default way of coping with these situations when things are out of control is to exercise. I know that I must accept that these days will be different, but I don't quite know how to navigate them. In the past, I've over-restricted in the days before the trip, hit the effort button on the trips, and then over-restricted in brackets unsuccessfully when I got back home. I hate this cycle and it leaves me in a bad headspace, feeling uncomfortable in my own body and overeating. I plan to journal when I can to help me through, but I was wondering if you could offer any advice on how I can approach managing the things that I can control and reframing my mindset. I know I just need to be an adult and give myself a, a, a good kick up the backside. My trips tend to only be two to three days at a time, but my default thinking is black and white. I'm working to change this through therapy and I'm hoping to learn more through the program. Apologies for long-winded questions. Um, even before Commit 6 has already begun. Oh, and my normal week looks like five days of training at Barry's Bootcamp. I, okay, yeah, the other stuff isn't that relevant. So basically how, I mean, to me, this is just like you're stuck in a black and white perfectionist mindset of if I can't do it perfectly, there's absolutely no point doing it at all. When realistically, if you made like pretty, like honestly, it comes back to this and I don't want to belittle this because it's something so many people struggle with. But if you ask, if you eat sensibly, like you don't even need like the insight of a coach to do this. If you eat sensibly for those two to three days that you're on work trips, it will make no difference to your progress. Like even if they're relatively frequent, like if you just keep, if you don't go wildly off the, off the walls and you're like, oh, you know what? On most of those weeks I can still fit in my workouts. It's just, I might have to do them towards the start of the week or towards the end of the week. So I'm going away for these two to three days and I can still be on it with my diet for the majority of the week. And then there's going to be times where I have to just practice a little bit of mindfulness and maybe choosing the lighter options on the menu and eating to satiety and then stopping like it's not there's not rocket science it's more to do with your mental approach to this and it is so so easy to get stuck in this headspace of if I can't do it perfectly I won't do it at all and that's what trips so many people up and it's one of the huge things that we help people work through on commit six right yeah yeah totally agree. I think it's about like oh sorry Jenny, you go. No, only go I think it's about like remembering that you are an average of your actions over time as well. And like Emma was saying, you don't need to kind of go from like that black and white thinking or one extreme to the other. And it's maybe you just need to take like a couple of small habits and use those to kind of like put you in an advantage in those two or three days where you're away. Like Emma had suggested like mindful eating or even just like the power of slowing down whilst you eat and letting your hunger signals catch up with you. Um, cause if you like sitting and rushing your food with your colleagues and you're not going to realize that you've eaten the food. So it's kind of like giving your brain that realization that you have eaten. So yeah, like focusing on one or two, like really small habits is probably key here. You don't have to do loads and loads and loads of different things, or like you say, punish yourself by going out for runs or making, like, you don't need to feel like you have to do that to kind of compensate for it. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I used to I used to do work trips like that as well. And sometimes like you're working with people or meeting people that you don't necessarily know that well and you're not comfortable with, or you might be meeting people like clients, and there's an element of like trying to change what you would normally do to please these people or to like impress other people. But maybe this time try and just 
look after yourself put yourself first instead of what you think other people might do or might want because all the all these other people they they are probably looking at it like yeah I'm on holiday like I'm working but I'm gonna eat all this crap and whatever you don't need to do that like you literally don't need to do that this time like you can I know you like your Barry's boot camp I've heard they're amazing by the way have either of you done one no no they're like so popular do a little hotel room workout do some hotel room yoga you'll feel so good for that and then you could always meet everyone afterwards but you've already done like something that that gets you in that sort of frame of mind yeah I agree and I think what will really help is like the the daily accountability because again it's not about being perfect and and we will stop Mm. you from massively over restricting before and massively overindulging after which tends to be like your default but you've already identified isn't working for you which is a really good place to be because I think it's so tempting to go back to that to be like oh yeah well I'll just like massively over restrict before and then massively over restrict after but you've said you know what I've tried this is what I've been trying for years it's not working I need to change it and now I'm ready to change it I think that's a really exciting place to be but we will help you through that so I'm very excited to have you Okay, those are the questions I had. Do we have any on the post? Oh no, Catherine, you had two, didn't you? Yes, I had two. Um, let me grab them. No pressure reading out. Uh, no, so how- I didn't want to say halfway through that because I was like, this is going unusually well, but how well, <laughs> how good was my reading? We've been practicing. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I don't know. I was in flow state, guys. I was in flow. Love it. <laughs> Congratulations. Thanks. Thanks for the support. <laughs> so this is a question from a one-to-one. Um, very specific one. Um, but wondering why you all suggest HRT for anyone in menopause. I had a hysterectomy years ago, so don't get periods and therefore wouldn't know when I hit menopause unless I had bad symptoms. If I'm asymptomatic, then would you still advise it? And if so, why? interested as was about to contact GP to discuss but don't suffer at all and never had PMS either so don't get very hormonal maybe yeah um I would definitely speak to your GP there are certain situations where you wouldn't have HRT and that's it probably depends on why you had your hysterectomy whether it's appropriate or not like for example if someone's had um certain forms of cancer actually increasing estrogen can Uh, increase the risk of that recurring so you wouldn't have it in that situation there are like certain situations but generally why we suggest HRT is because of the effect that estrogen has on your body and it's not just making you have a period like it's also your bone health it's also your muscle mass it's also your risk of cardiovascular disease like it has really important um influences and but this like all I can or all we can say is go and speak to your GP about it because we're not medical experts and you know in theory that sounds good but there's probably well there is definitely a reason that you had a hysterectomy and so we can't kind of give advice on that but generally that's why we suggest HRT it's not it's not just the symptoms of menopause that it will help but it's and I mean some of the symptoms of menopause you can't feel I guess and more, more to the point like you can't feel the fact that it will be harder to build or maintain muscle and you'll lose muscle or you can't feel like reductions in bone mineral density or your risk of cardiovascular disease increasing like so it's definitely worth a chat with your doctor 100 and i have another question 
from Committed. Um, uh, uh, okay. Do you have any tips for body image whilst dating? I know it's important to keep living and not putting off things whilst you're trying to lose fat. So I've taken the plunge in the last few months and started dating again. They've been largely underwhelming, surprise, <laughs> but I met up with someone who I had a ridiculous amount in common with this weekend and thought it went really well. The day he texted to say he didn't, the next day he texted to say he didn't feel a connection. Obviously, I know logically there could be tons of reasons for this, but my head immediately assumed it was because of how I looked. I felt dis—I can't say this word disproportionately really? <laughs> uh, awful and didn't want to eat, hated on my body, etc. After I know, after managing these well recently, on the whole, I don't want to retreat and not meet anyone else. But how can I build my armor up whilst working on my body composition? Oh, that's oh, such a good question. Is, yeah, mm -hmm. I really that's feel that. for you as well. I think, first of all, you are so brave because so many people wouldn't be as brave as you are. And you are thinking, right, I want to do something about my situation. I'm getting myself out there and meeting new people. But I do think like the first, like I've never done this before, but I've got lots of friends who have. And the first couple of dates are like just they just cause you so much stress and they're exhausting and you're overthinking it but I but you will get better at this over time um and I'm really sorry that you're thinking that it's the way you look um you just might not have had a connection and um you obviously thought there was something there but I'm really sorry to hear that but yeah I think it's easy yeah. to think like it's me it's something I've yeah. done or it's the way that I look you have absolutely no idea and I know you've said yeah. that and I know that that knowledge doesn't necessarily make things easier, but it, and yeah, I, I think that you're the jumping's like the worst case scenario, which is so like normal for us, right? Like hmm. even sometimes it'd be like, I guess extreme to this, like, oh, my friend hasn't texted me back in an hour. Realistically, they're busy, right? Or they've not seen it, but you're like, no, they hate me now. Like they just don't like me anymore. Like you sometimes, especially if you're kind of already anxious about these things, you're like, it must be because of the way I look. And if there's already like an underlying, oh, I feel a bit like sensitive about that area, then you'll obviously jump to that. But great work for getting out there and going on dates. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, what do you think? What do you think of this advice? Like, I'm going to aim this at Shona, right? But I've heard this numerous times and it's not always from men. In fact, I think I heard Chloe say this as well. She's like, don't worry about your body image with guys. Like they don't care about what you look like at all. They, they will literally have sex with a bag. <laughs> and oh. I was I don't know if that's like, if, I mean, that's totally, that's totally paraphrasing. And there was, and there was like context to this. So I don't want to like okay, throw okay. under the bus there. Um, but I think that like that kind of advice is given out a lot of like, it doesn't like, don't worry about, it was more actually, I remember the context now, it was more like, I worry about what I look like naked and I don't want to get naked in front of my partner, like that kind of mm -hmm. body image problem. And, and I guess in that situation, it's a bit different because they're with you, they love you. They don't mm -hmm. care that you've, I don't know, got love handles or some stretch marks or something. Yeah, I just like to think like if, if I, if I ever worry about something like that personally, I, I think about how then I look at other people. Like I don't look at someone and, and think like 
sort of mentally clock all their flaws. Like my eyes will go to the bits that I like. Like I like their smile. I like their personality. Um, like when you fancy someone, it's not, well, I don't think it's about the way they look. It's an element of it, but sexiness and confidence is an attitude. It's not related to how you look. And some of the sexiest women are old. Some of the sexiest women are fat. Some of the sexiest women might not look like what you think they look like, if you know what I mean. But it, it's definitely an attitude rather than than what you look like, what you weigh. Yeah, I agree. I, I, a good example of this actually is when we first got here, Amelia was like, I've got really bad spots at the moment. And I was like, I've, I don't know if it's just like, maybe I don't like, but you, you don't notice at all. Like I didn't no. notice at all. either way but I think it's because you you obviously critique your own body far more than Mm. anybody else does and you'll notice like you've got like some spots or something but literally nobody else would notice that yeah and it's totally a perception as well isn't it it's like who who says that like having spots is a bad thing Mm. do you know what I mean like yeah oh like those flaws are like like imperfections like what makes them bad nothing really if you like dig down into it yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. Love it. <laughs> well, even it's a spot. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um uh, right, we're on the question thread. Uh, I don't know what the last question was. It'll be the one I commented under saying, great question. I'll think about an answer for the podcast. Okay. I think it was six days ago. Right. Give us a little second. It gives me great hope for the UK that um, Catherine is wearing a vest. Oh, it doesn't feel that cold today. And I'm going to go to the gym after this. So I'm like getting pumped up with my monster. Jonah's like, "Mm." yeah. Where are you? You're in Sterling, aren't you? Just, just outing where you live for all the people that are listening. This um, is my address. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone wants to send me presents, come visit me. Oh, this is a really good question. It's from one of my one-to-ones. So uh, I forgot to mention this to Shona in my check-in, so I thought I'd post in here instead. I am doing so much better with not using food as a way of dealing with emotions had years of emotional eating which became a habit more than anything I am better at recognizing it dealing with it and then moving on whatever the outcome today I had a great day great workout best day at work for ages completed six minute journal this morning and everything has been great but I found myself overeating with chocolate tonight not a huge amount and it is fine I have owned it but I think it is again linked with emotion by the other end of the scale feeling down I actually feel happy and excited about things just wondering how to tackle that does anyone else have this behavior outcome with extremes of emotion, sad or happy? I'm feeling so positive about changes I'm making. This surprised me a little bit tonight. So what I said was that I don't think that like from what she's described it, this doesn't sound like what used to happen is that she would feel rubbish and she would overeat and then she would feel even worse about it. She doesn't feel that bad about it. She's just given herself permission to eat some tasty food. And that's absolutely fine. And so I think she might just be not overthinking it, but I think it 
just took her by surprise. And what's just think, happened to yeah. her is that. Sorry, I was yeah. just gonna say, I think, yeah, probably overthinking it, but that's fine. Like, it's totally mm-hmm. natural to overthink it. And sometimes calling yourself out on the fact that you are overthinking it a little bit is like not everything has to have an exact reason for it. But this is quite a good, mm-hmm. um, like, uh, sorry if everyone can hear that. I don't know. It sounds like there's, I don't even know what's going on outside. Um, I had a kind of a similar question, or it like, resonated with me yesterday about antidepressants and how sometimes they can cause weight gain and sometimes they can cause weight loss and it kind of depends on how you react to emotions like some people will feel really low and depressed and then not eat and other people will feel really low and depressed and then try and numb their emotion with food and you can numb your emotion with over restriction as well so like it's kind of two ways to kind of get at the same point and then when some people take antidepressants they put on weight because they're no longer over restricting is that the right way around yeah and then other people will lose weight because they're no longer numbing their sadness with food kind of thing so it's completely dependent and it doesn't always just work in one way um, the same is true with stress like some people stress eat some people stress under eat people have different ways of coping with their emotions and it's like getting to know yourself like all the things that you're doing journaling noticing these things noticing these behaviors and you're probably highly tuned to it at the moment because you have just started journaling you're like huh I did overeat tonight but it wasn't because I was sad and actually eating a bit more than what you'd planned to or and it doesn't even sound like you were out of control here or that you didn't want to do it it's more like I chose to overeat like I chose to eat a little bit more like that that's totally fine like that's normal human behavior I think we all do that at some point yeah almost like it's kind of you're like rewarding yourself with food that you you might reward yourself with other things like oh I'm gonna watch my favorite box set after having a long and good day at work yeah I think yeah and again like like averages yeah it's interesting because a lot of people like you're not a dog don't reward yourself with food but then actually when we think about it and I'm not saying like the only reward should ever be food mm-hmm. but actually sometimes that's really nice like at the end of a really long day and like in some ways I do it most days I'm like I work hard during the day like I generally eat like a pretty standard like I enjoy my food during the day but I don't tend to yeah it's more like um, a structured meal thing like getting in enough protein getting in a good variety of fruit and veg blah 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 and then in the evening I'll sit down and have something like I'm more fancy rather than is necessarily the best thing to fuel my body and I guess that is in some ways like a bit of a reward for having a good day like for getting all my work done for ticking off all the things that I needed to do that day it's nice to sit down and enjoy that and I don't think it has to be a negative thing do you know what? it's I think it's as well a really nice side effect and what happens to people when they start to work with us when they do commit to sex or just being generally part of the ESG family is that they like maybe their previous experiences of dieting like means a certain thing and they they feel that they have to look a certain way as well they think I need to over restrict and I need to be shredded and then they start to work with us and and we show that you can be really fit and healthy and you can enjoy food, enjoy your social life. And that then what starts to happen is that you're like, okay, well, that, that stuff that I used to really care about doesn't really matter anymore. And I really like, I'm starting to like the way I look. I like myself. 
uh, enjoy having a social life. And and yet you've done exactly what Emma's just said. You've come home and had a really nice day and had some tasty food. And it, and that's it. You can not stress about it anymore. Yeah, I think you're so right about taking on other people's goals or almost the assumption of what you think you should achieve if you join like her program or you work with a coach it should always be geared towards doing a photo shoot or getting shredded or weight Mm. loss or anything and it's like no no we we want you to work towards your goals and actually a lot of the time those change during the process and it's not always about knowing what those are when you start I think a lot of people especially like what you get to what was a personal trainer is like sit down with your client who you've just met who's just walked in the door and ask them what their real why is like get into it like is it because they have this emotional trauma and all this stuff? It's so unrealistic for someone to open up to someone, especially if you're doing like a consultation in a gym environment with loads of people around. They're just going to be like, I've just come for weight loss. That's it. Like, I just want to lose some weight. And then once you start working with them, they kind of open up. They they do a bit more of like the thinking themselves and they question their own thoughts and stuff. And then they get to this realisation that, oh, that wasn't the goal. But you can't really rush that process. I think a lot of people... A lot of trainers try and rush that process. Oh, no, no, it's not that. We need to figure out why right now. And it's like, this is a process. <laughs> you won't have all the answers straight away. And we get the, the same question a lot about overeating. Like, I'm overeating at the moment and I know I need to figure out why in order to find the correct solution, but I don't know why yet. And it's like, yeah, well, like part of that is kind of like figuring it out, like looking at patterns. Is it when you're tired? And a lot of the time it is numerous things it's like I overeat when I'm tired but I also overeat when I'm over emotional and I do overeat when I'm stressed it's not always like one thing to pinpoint sometimes it's a number of things and and what was really interesting about this question and something that I think is more common than what a lot of people perceive because it's so tempting to pathologize things that sometimes overeating is simply a habit like you've got into the habit of overeating in the evening and there's nothing like you don't need to figure out some deep rooted reason why. And actually it's a much easier thing to fix. It's like, I've got into this habit. It's going to be quite hard, but I need to work on getting out of this habit. And like, I've definitely had things like that where I'm like, actually there's not a real underlying reason that I'm doing this. And I could come up with some like elaborate story about like I'm suppressing some kind of emotion, but actually I've just got in the habit of, over restricting during the day and overeating in the evening and that's something I need to get out of like yeah it doesn't always have to mean you need to go to therapy (laughs) therapy is good oh yeah and I I agree like I also think that you don't need to go to therapy to go to therapy yes (laughs) like wait what like you don't need to wait until you think you need to go to therapy right yeah Yeah. and in some ways yeah it's like you don't want to wait it's like don't wait until you develop type 2 diabetes to go and start looking at your diet and being fitter like if you're like you know what I do struggle with a couple of things and I think I would benefit from this and you've got the means to do it do it it's like preventative yeah yeah and it's much easier when you're not in a really shit place Mm. So, yeah. Okay. Have we got one more? Next. Uh, yes. And oh, two more. Oh, great. If you run rather than walk, if you run rather than walk to get daily steps in, would it change the programming? Or I just consider it as a more time efficient way to rack step ups. Rack step up. 
Yeah, I would just say it's a more time efficient way. Like technically you're less efficient when you run than when you walk, which means that you'll burn some extra calories, which is great if fat loss is your goal. And it means that you'll put your heart under a bit more stress, like your heart and lungs and cardiovascular system, which is going to improve your fitness. So if anything, that's fantastic. Well done. I don't think you need to change your programming either. Is that probably in reference to um, workouts? Yeah, I would just keep them the same unless you're like running I don't know like 10k every day then you might want to either choose to reduce your running or look at your resistance training and see how much you're doing depending on what your priorities are like if your goal is to run a marathon then maybe you want to prioritize your running but that's just me assuming that you want to run a marathon you might not want to totally agree if you're literally just going for a run to get your steps in no need to change your workouts Okay, this is the last question. Uh, firstly, just a big thanks to the coaches, mainly Catherine, uh, for dealing with my emotional mentalness. But the lives and podcasts and group are great, and I feel like I'm constantly learning about myself and new things. Anyway, my question is, is about training and the fact that I just feel like I'm not progressing or finding things easier. I realize I've not really done progressive overload or strength training for a while as I'm having to do three boot camps with clients. But I do include strength training in that and movements like deadlifts, which I slow down as I'm limit to, limited to my heaviest kettlebell. But things like press-ups, which I do at least three times a week. Some days I feel like I can barely do any and have to go on my knees. I just feel like it's all hard. I realize I have lack of sleep. as not sleeping well. I'm getting older. Hormones are a bitch. Working charging around after kids dog my partner but I feel like I'm getting worse rather than almost plodding on sorry for the waffle just wondering if there's any ideas she also teaches two and a half spin sessions and do Thai boxing session would like time to do pilates or yoga (laughs) yeah I'm sensing yeah maybe she's doing too much I don't know but it it sounds like I mean especially with the combination of all of the things that you're doing Plus, and Catherine, you might be able to tell me this, but if she's also in a deficit, but also she's not sleeping well, it's kind of like... Is it a, Hannah? Hannah, yeah. Yeah. It's like a perfect storm for not recovering. Yeah. Well, so to give a bit of context as well, so Hannah teaches boot camps. So we came up with a bit of a solution in terms of like, she was short on time to fit in her workouts around her boot camps and her mm-hmm. other classes. And she does her boot camps with her clients. So we were like, oh, let's put some of the lifts that we program in into your boot camps. And it means you're doing them with your clients. And it's just kind of like a bit more of a time efficient solution there. So that kind of provides a bit of context as well behind that. Yeah, I think that's probably a really good idea. And then maybe just like think about, you know, the workouts that you're doing with your clients are still workouts. Like I think just adding in a whole training program on top of that so I'm I'm not surprised especially on top of not sleeping like I am like I've not sleep sleep (laughs) sleep very well not slept very well for like three nights and I'm like 10% of the human I normally am like and it's so mental like how much that can have Mm -hmm. an impact and you know like rationally it's kind of like how you feel like before your cycle or something you're like why do I just like there's no reason there's no logical reason well I mean there is there's lack of sleep but you kind of think well nothing's changed like nothing's bad like nothing 
in fact, I'm in freaking Mexico and so, like I'm living the dream, right? But I'm tired and every, nothing feels as good when you're tired. Like everything feels harder. And especially when it comes to exercise, like that's definitely going to have an impact. So I'm not in the slightest surprise. I think work on your sleep um, and probably look at your training as a whole and be like, okay, realistically, how many sessions am I doing here? Like just because you're teaching the boot camp. <laughs> still a workout if you're doing the workout with your clients so it might just be that we um draw like pull back your workouts a bit so that you are adapting and recovering from them and and I know that that for some people seems a little bit scary because they're like oh well how will I possibly get better results by doing less like it does not seem logical but remember that you can only adapt to what you can recover from so you're literally just spinning your wheels and at some point and I don't know if you've are kind of at this point like of legitimately overtraining you your performance will actually start to suffer and overtraining is the, the other side or like this kind of the same as under recovery right so you might be like oh but athletes do or like I've got mates who do work out every single day but I'm like yeah but are they also teaching all these classes or also doing all this cardio and spin and doing taekwondo and not sleeping and in a calorie deficit like no they're not so you might not be doing what you deem as a hell of a lot of exercise but if you're not recovering from that you can still be overtraining um so yeah it sounds like that might be what's happening mm. but you're in very good hands with Catherine so I'm sure that she's already sorted you out there yeah because Catherine went through something really similar didn't you like when, oh, yeah, when, when I was, she changed jobs yeah when I was working two jobs and taking like six classes a week and then I'm I was training, also yeah. like, oh, I'm going to make sure Catherine's really full. So I was pushing one to one set the whole time. And she was like, I'm okay. I'm drowning. Um, yeah, I think like, I definitely think that like Hannah gives herself a little bit of a hard time as well. Um, so we work in our check-ins on like, so like really finding wins and celebrating on the wins. Um, so like the mindset side of it as well is something that, Hannah is working really hard on and doing really well with so yeah you are smashing it yeah that's what I took away from doing that question now that you are amazing doing all this work keeping your clients going keeping your family going and doing commit six it's just amazing I'm really impressed by you <laughs> me too and I think with when other personal trainers come and do commit to six which is actually really quite common um what remember what you're getting a lot of is is like the support element because you're busy giving support to everyone else like let us support you you are the client in this situation um yeah I think you're doing brilliantly okay I've got one more question okay it's from a new one-to-one who has just started with me and she was on quite low calories and struggling to stick to them and so I said right let's try and nail maintenance calories to start and then we can go back to a like a calorie deficit but let's try and nail maintenance calories so we've been doing this for a week I'm starting to struggle a bit mentally with knowing I am not in fat loss at the moment I know it's still early days but the novelty of the extra calories is wearing off a bit I'm starting to focus again on how much my clothes fit and how I look Maybe knowing a time frame would help, as then I have a date to aim for. How long would you recommend I stay at these calories before dropping? I think one thing to point out, which might seem really obvious, but 
is kind of like we see all the time is I don't know you might get a client who's like the scales haven't dropped and I'm not so I've ended up overeating like maybe that's because they expected the scales to drop but anyway then they're like shall I lower my calories and like the last thing you would do as a coach if your client isn't already adherent is to lower calories so what you understand is exactly right like bring up those calories honestly if you're adherent at what Shona's estimating maintenance to be, you might be in a bit of a deficit anyway. But once you're there and consistent, then it's so much easier to just make a little tweak and put you in a bit of a deficit. And, and fat loss will be so much smoother. But it's so important to do this work first, or you're just going to be mm. continuously in this over restriction, over indulgence cycle. And actually, at some point, everyone, there's no way around this. At some point, everyone has to come back to working out how to eat moderately. And like how to not over restrict and overindulge. And even if you think of people who, I don't know, have done these like Newcastle diet, which is like 600 calories, you still have to, at the end of that, learn to eat moderately. Like there's no way around it. You either do that at the start or you do that at the end. Like, yeah, that's always going to be the end result. So, like, figuring that out first is going to make the rest of the progress, the process of fat loss, so, so, so much easier. Yep, that's it. And it, it's so not glamorous. It's not exciting. Um, but it's so hard. It's really hard to nail that being, what was the word you used? Moderate. Moderate. It's really hard. And it sounds boring, right? It sounds really boring. Um, and it's not a quick fix. Like I could um, keep you on those low calories and we could just keep trying and trying and trying. But we need to we need to do something different, and this is what we're doing. We're doing something different, and you need to work hard at it. But it will pay off in the long run. Um, and I'm not going to give you a date or a time frame because that is not helpful at all. And that's because you still want this six weeks of fat loss maintenance. Yeah. Like you see, if you stuck on maintenance with me for the foreseeable, your body would change. It would absolutely change. You'd lose fat, you'd build muscle, you'd look more athletic. But it wouldn't happen in six weeks. It would happen in a year. But you've got to be willing to to put in that work for that time. And it yeah, and realistically, if you went away and did your over restriction, you'd end up over. You probably end up back where you are in a year, if not having put mm. on weight. And mm. I think this is such a common like human thought process is that like we underestimate what we can achieve in like a year but massively overestimate what we can achieve in six weeks and mm. and actually get excited about what you can achieve in a year if you start implementing these habits and these behaviors and it becomes part of your life like that's that's exciting mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it's so so easy and we completely get this and it's what we spend half our time like coaching people through is jumping on that easy option and I know that it might seem like the hard option or like the tough option or like the extreme option or whatever of like dropping calories. Like, yes, I can do it. I've got the willpower, but it hasn't worked before. It's not going to work for the 50th time. And like, this is harder, but it's what needs to be done. Mm. And kind of coming back to the point about it not being fun, like we shouldn't really like look to our diet as something to keep us like entertained either. Like, what about the other things in your life? Like, whether that's family, friends, work, like, whatever you have going on in life, like, focus on those things as well. The, the time is going to pass anyway. Yeah, I agree. Like, yeah, I think 
you can be like, well, it's a bit boring. Well, I'm sorry, but like <laughs> the same kind of boring stuff done consistently over time is what gets you results. Like not every workout's going to be wildly exciting. Not every single meal you have has to be like the most exciting things in the world. And it doesn't have to be excessively boring. You don't have to eat chicken and broccoli for every meal. But realistically, it's not always going to be really exciting. And exactly what Catherine said, if you're looking for excitement, go and find something exciting in your life to do, not look towards like your diet for that all the time. Do you think like, I was thinking about this the other day in lockdown, because people didn't really have much to do. Do you think people were kind of looking to their diet and their exercise as something to do? And now that we've come out of lockdown, it's difficult to get out of that mindset again? Yeah, I think it's always been a thing. Like, oh, I'm a little bit, or, or sometimes it's even when things are all going right and they're, you know, ticking off like a pound a week or whatever it is, like decent rate of fat loss. And they're like, what more could I do? Like nothing, just time, like just consistency and time. And I definitely think you're right that during lockdown, and I even found this, like when there's nothing to do, you're like, right. So lunch has to be a big event. I notice this, especially when I'm with my family. Like when you're with extended family, it's like, everything is based around a meal so like as soon as you finish lunch you're like right what are we going to have for dinner we'll have to start preparing it now and blah 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 and then like so I think the same was true in lockdown it was like well it's not it's not really anything to work through the day apart from meals like how are we going to base our life just around the meals so you're probably right there was probably more of an emphasis on that then but now there's loads of exciting stuff you can do mm-hmm yeah you could go to Mexico <laughs> you can literally go to Mexico quit your job leave your family sell your dog yeah there you go I draw the line at selling my dog <laughs> everything else <laughs> was sell your dogs. <laughs> do you know what you could bring your dog out you get dog passports can't you yeah I have Elsa's got one already oh, oh yeah she does doesn't she yeah yeah where is um, she from? She's from Romania, so her passport has all the countries that she's been to on her way from Romania to Scotland. So she's been to like five countries. Wow, yeah. that's cool. Imagine yeah, your dog so cool. being like more well-traveled throughout Europe than you are. <laughs> that's disgusting. I know. But there's, there's a lot of um, Canadians here because I think there's a lot of anti-vax Canadians here because it's so strict there and it's very not strict here. And so there's a lot of, like, they've brought their dogs down and everything because they've just, like, completely moved. Yeah. They sound like great people. Great. Yeah. <laughs> great people. <laughs> okay. Well, that was lovely. Thanks, everyone. Really and if you want to join this intake of Commit to Six, you can head over to esgfitness.co.uk forward slash commit to six or just shoot me a message at esgfitness. Or you can email me directly, esgfitness at esgfitness.co.uk. So many Take options. A shot every time she says esgfitness. <laughs> <laughs>